Hello and welcome to the podcast Lotus Eaters, episode number 683. I'm Harry, joined by Callum. We're guessing that it's starting on him. I guess we've done the intro right. I have no idea. I've got fingers crossed. It'll be all right. Anyway, well, oh, John had something to say. John said, mm, in my ear. Whatever. But, anyway. But what are we going to talk about today, Callum? Today? Ooh, topics. Oh, the things? No. Are the things that have happened recently? Yeah, anyway, we were talking oh my about Wagner doing a thing. You know, a thing they did at the weekend, which was... Yeah. Uh, Australia's Aboriginal shakedown referendum, and AI nationalism has me hyped. Which is... Does it? Wow. Exciting. John, I can hear you in my ear. Sorry. Uh, I, I really know what to do for the last one, so I thought we'd just do something silly. That's... <laughs> That's my usual. That's kind of a trend with us, isn't it? Sorry, uh, Callum couldn't think of something to do, so we thought we'd do something dumb. I don't know about anyone else, but I was just kind of staring at Wagner all weekend and being like, ooh, so where's this going? They don't have time for anything else. But anyway, all right. let's, let's begin, I suppose. I don't know if you can turn off your mic, though, John, because we, we can hear everything. Yeah, John, we can hear the background noise in our ear. I don't know if John can even hear us. Oh, there, wait, we, there we go. All right. <laughs> That's better. All right, let's begin. So Wagner did a thing on the weekend, you may have noticed. Um... Those guys, those wacky Russians are at it again. It's doing doing Russian politics, which is incomprehensible stuff, and then God knows what happens at the end of it. We'll find out in 10 years. There were many memes over the weekend, but the one that I most identified with was the bell curve, where in the middle was the man explaining in really autistic detail everything that's going on in Russia, and on either end of the bell curve was uh, the Grug and the incredible genius saying, I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, basically. That's the, uh, one of those ends is me. You decide whether it's Grug or Genius. So before we get into this, I do want to just give um, probably the top end of that bell curve being a picture of Peter Hitchens, because he's spoken about this before. Russian politics, as he described it, which I think is accurate, is two dogs barking under a carpet. You have no idea what's going on. You don't know who's fighting, who's going to win, until one dog walks alive out onto the carpet and the other one's dead. Makes sense to me. So anyway, but we'll start off by promoting something on Lotuses.com, being why feminist immigration policy will save the West. Because, I don't know, if you want to save some of the not Russia, uh, you know, where we live instead, uh, this would be the way to do it, which is women only. Simple as. Anyway, <laughs> this is what happened over the weekend. I'm sure people saw Elon Musk tweeting, for example, how girls sleep and boys, they don't. They're monitoring the situation with the Wagner group. Which there, was, sorry, there is a camera in the direct view of this meme. Uh, you'll be one of those audio listeners today where I describe the meme to you. Oh, no. Instead. Anyway. But I've actually been to Russia. So, and Donbass. So I feel like I've got some ability to give You've some You've probably got better context than most people do. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to make a video about this because there are many people out there who are better than me at this topic. There are many people who know more. I'm probably going to fail in some ways. But um, then I looked at most of the commentary on this online that I saw. And overwhelmingly, it's people being like, that's it, Putin's finished now. Well, that's it, Putin's destroying everything. I'm just like, okay, right. So like pro-Ukrainian or pro-Moscow, just straight up, everything is fine. On either side here. Well, once again, when you look at me, just imagine, just imagine Grug saying, "I have no clue what's going on." So I'll just nod along and assume that you're right. I'll try and explain what what I know to be true, and then that's okay. Yeah, that works for me. I think is the best to do. Anyone sitting here speculating on everything I think is not being real, such as um, I told to move my left, such as these people here. (laughs) Slide to the left. I I don't have wheels. Keep going to the left. Why am I? You after a crisscross, John? I don't care. Whatever. Anyway, so you can see these guys here, for example. I hate the studio so much. You can see these guys here, for example, it's not that uh, bad. saying that you know before they're Wagner freedom fighters when they're doing a coup, but immediately after the coup ends, a bunch of terrorists. And it's just like, okay, you're just opportunistic. 
in your propaganda. That's that's all that's going on. Lauren Chen correctly pointing that out. Oh, well, I mean, I think I've seen Terror Alarm. I think I follow them. They just seem like a completely ridiculous account. Yeah, but a lot of people were like this, and I saw it wasn't just them. They're the best example, just to yeah. demonstrate it. Um, point being, a lot of people are just being opportunistically propagandist about this. This is what I mean. And, well, we're just going to go through the data. Just what happened. And then, me. Mm. I don't know what happened. Yeah, all right. Oh, there's the outcome. It's uh, it's it's hard to tell at this point. And anyone who does know is lying. So we'll start off. So about 1 a.m. on Friday, I was out and about and uh, saw this pop in my timeline. You can see multiple accounts showing this footage of a gun battle between Wagner and units of the Russian MOD, and they've geolocated it to Rostov-on-Don. Uh, what happened is the first thing is that Wagner turned up in Rostov-on-Don. Apparently, the FSB just let them through. Who knows? All right. The FSB are the secret intelligence of Russia. Okay, all right. And they just took control of the southern military district, the capital there. So they just strolled in and said, we're in charge now. This, this is ours. All right, makes Give sense. Give me that for free. Makes sense. Have fun. And then a helicopter turned up shooting at them, and then they shot down the helicopter, apparently. So there's that. Most people assumed immediately that this was a coup. That was the word being used in English language media about this whole thing. With Brogozin, the guy who's leading Wagner, saying that he was declaring war on the Ministry of Defense, which is a pretty big statement. Why would he do this? Within, <laughs> within, within the context of this, did anybody theorize why exactly he would have just decided to throw a coup right now? Would it just be because Russia's in the middle of this giant battle, this war, there's turmoil, Putin might be vulnerable? Well, we'll, we'll see as we go forward. So his, his main goal, as stated, was to reform Russian military leadership, not Putin. So this guy called Shogun, who's in charge of the Russian military, Basically, um, Wagner and Prigozhin specifically as the speaker, All right. he spends all his time whining about them. They're just like, you're crap. You know what you're doing. Friendly fire incidents, blah, blah, blah. Um, we'll start off just by trying to explain for anyone who doesn't know what Wagner is. So Wagner is uh, a mercenary group. It's, uh, it's Chivakir Wagner in Russian or PMC Wagner, private military company. Yep. Obviously kind of taking the piss out of the West. I knew that. Yeah, but I love the idea that it, when it started, everyone was like, this isn't a real private military company. You guys work for the Kremlin. I was like, isn't that what PMCs tend to do? What, what did you think BlackRock were doing? Sorry, not BlackRock. Um, I'm going to say Merriweather, though, but I'm pretty sure it's from Payday 2. Forget the damn oh, name. Um, oh, I know who you were. The guy's about. in Iraq. We all remember. But, well, we don't know the names. But. <laughs> anyway, you've got Chibakir Wagner here. This is him in Bakhmud, where they put up their flag. They claim responsibility for most of the movement in Bakhmud, which is some city in Ukraine, which the guys have been able to take there. And they're showing off, and you can see Prigozhin in the middle. One thing I was aware of was there was a lot of varying reports going on over whether Russia had taken back moot, whether Ukraine had maintained uh, and we kept have taken back the balcony. Moot. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was a lot of talk about particular balconies. There was also talk of over whether it was actually strategically important or whether it was just um, a place where Ukrainians could funnel Russians into some kind of shooting gallery. Once again, as with everything, it's very confusing. It seems that all of the people who can propaganda. talk very confidently on this actually had no idea what they were talking about. So you can see these guys here. They became like the heroes of Bakhmud because, of course, as the Ukrainians and Russians both fighting about it, as you mentioned, massive pro propaganda campaign on both sides. And um, yeah, it goes in there again, taking the glory of like, haha, we liberated this. This made him not just this event, but a lot of other stuff. Somewhat of a folk hero in Donbass, at least when I was there. Like, you can go and buy Wagner branded cola. You can get a Wagner branded whatever the hell you want, really. Wagner Is it just patches, the same everything. things that they already had there before, but it's just with Wagner, st uh, like stuck on it? Kind of, yeah. But it's it's kind of a, a meme. I mean, like there's Wagner music, which is, regardless of your view on the war, it's really good music. It's, <laughs> it really hits. I mean, I'm a fan of Flight of the Valkyries, but... 
Yeah, I mean, they, they use that an awful lot. I would well. imagine so. But we'll have to sit down and listen to some of it sometime. But most of it's been deleted off YouTube because, well, according to YouTube, they're to be treated as a, um, I think the wording is violent criminal organization, according to YouTube's terms of service. So that's that. That's why you won't be able to find so much of the music anymore. But anyway, that's what they were. They were the heroes of Backmoods taking over the place. Whenever else you saw Bregosin, though, he was looking like this, where he was shouting at a camera, being like, the Ministry of Defense, specifically Shogu, is crap. You guys are not giving us ammo. You guys are, sh are shooting at us, you idiots. You know, blah, blah, that blah, That would be blah. quite frustrating. Once again, one of the main things I've seen is just from meme culture, is that everybody pointing out that he looks a bit like a, a Russian version of Mike from Breaking Bad. That, that is also kind of true. We had everything going for us, Putin, until you and your ego. <laughs> Walter. Walter put you. <laughs> anyway. But the point is, that's usually what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, he was, you know, we wake up and he's taken Rostov on Don, which is right next to Donbass, the biggest city in the regional capital there, overtaking the military district, as people reporting. And you could see here, the people listening, um, tanks covered in red Zeds. Not, not the usual white ones. Mm -hmm. And um, then Wagner troops turning up and they took control of the place, which was... Um, so do the red Zeds signify something different than what, than the white Zeds? I, I don't really think so. I think it's really just a... I haven't seen them before, though. Oh, is it just a color choice? Like I say, someone probably knows better than me if it does if it's a new symbol, because usually it's always the white ones. But okay, um, maybe the red is now Wagner. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm just saying it's a unique aspect there. And also on Rostov on Don, when I was moving around there, you can tell that Wagner were also quite... I'm sorry, I just need to uh, do something very quickly. Uh, hello, Dan. Oh, he walked <laughs> right. away. Sorry, if you were confused, Dan was at the door filming us for some reason. So one of the other things is also you can find Wagner recruitment posters all over Russia, at least before this, when mm -hmm. I was there. And especially in Rostov on Don, they were like... Um, you don't have like a tree. They would just be covered in posters and like take a number so you can call them up. Oh, okay. certainly something. And again, you can buy Wagner-branded stuff in mainland Russia as well as Donbass. But here's the imagery. Everyone got a bit worried. We were like, how's going on? And then afterwards, the Wagner guys started moving towards, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Vorozhin, which is the main city in between Moscow and Rostov-on-Don, because you can't just drive to Moscow in an hour. It's, it takes quite a while. Big country. So, From what I've seen on the map, it's not too small. Yeah. God, that just reminded Do you remember when Kamala Harris tried to describe the Ukraine-Russia <laughs> conflict? Big country attacks more country. And that's, yeah, that's I, did, I did hear that. I remember that. That was quite spectacular. But I don't know about you, but I looked at the news and went, okay, they've taken over a regional capital and then they're moving towards Moscow. To do what exactly? Like, what are you expected? Like, you turn up in Moscow, ring a bell, and okay, I'm president now. I'm in charge now. Yeah, this was Unfurl the narrative. the banners, boys. This is what most English language responses they, were. They were kind of treating it as though if this guy shows up at the doorstep of the Kremlin, and says to Putin, I'm in charge now. All of a sudden, liberal democracy has won. Uh, Western government has achieved its final goal of taking over the East. Um, Francis Fukuyama drops <laughs> from the sky and says, history over. Yeah. I mean, I, I did find it hilarious. A lot of people were acting like, oh, you know, if, if Grozen takes over, then then Russia are the good guys now. I was like, really? that's how... Yeah, Russia suddenly just becomes another Western liberalized democracy. The pride flags will be there yeah. waiting. That's what he was doing. He was transporting all the pride flags to the Kremlin. But I think the only aspect of that that's interesting is obviously anyone who was tweeting like that at the time is not a serious person. Like, just sincerely. And there were quite a lot of them. And I'm, I'm annoyed at how many were in my timeline, but there's that. My timeline was full of it. And I just thought to myself... It wasn't just me then. No, no. I just, I looked at it and went, I've, I've got no idea what's going on. Why no. would I comment on this? So I'm going to call the city that we're moving to middle city from now on because I'm... I'm 
can't be bothered. So they ended up turning up there. You can see it in the middle there. There we go. Middle C. That works. Yep. yep. And then everyone being like, well, the plan just drives to Moscow and then um, truck into Moscow. Toy 4 victory, I, I presume. But you can see here, they also decided to seize an airfield around the middle city. And I was like, uh, what, what are you guys doing exactly? So this is just them just, transporting. Yeah, these are anti-aircraft uh, all right. munitions there. And then all of a sudden, some civilian was filming the airport and one of the fuel depots just explodes. Okay. So, okay, this, this is looking a bit more serious. Yep. And then the helicopter that shot it was also blown up out of the sky by Wagner, which, um, okay. Okay, this all <laughs> seems to be escalating. This is going to get out of control, maybe. And then there were airstrikes on the Wagner convoy moving towards Moscow. Okay. <laughs> and these airstrikes were from the Russians? The, the Ministry of Defense, presumably. All right. Unless, I don't know, some other PMC is operating that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> PMC on PMC violets over here. But there's that. And then a command plane was shot out of the sky reportedly, with like 10 people on. Now, thankfully, that seems to be the extent of Russian blood that has been spilled. All right. So that's that's good news. Not No more dead people. So there's that. So maybe a dozen people. Yeah, which um, still, not, not, not a great yeah, day not if you're the Russians, you I want. imagine. I mean, I know it's only a dozen, but still, like, you have fighting now in your own territory in the middle of a war. Strange. Strange events. And Putin then gave a speech. You can go and listen to his speech in your own time. I'm just going to pull the picture because... It wasn't very detailed. It was largely just, these guys are a bunch of traitors. Um, shouldn't do this. We're at war. We need unity. Blah, blah, blah. And what else are you going to do? The point being, he um, sided with not Wagner. He sided against the people who were supposedly throwing a coup against him? Yeah. Which, Big shock. Yeah. Um, after that, the FSB decided that they were going to investigate Prigozhin for criminal activity. <laughs> Seems to be putting it lightly, but okay. All right. They then started putting up roadblocks on the way to Moscow to try and slow them down, or at least someone did. They were putting um, large trucks to try and stop the convoy. And this which... is a very poor effort at roadblocks, seeing as most of those trucks seem to be parked off of the road. Well, they've been pushed out of the way oh, by I the tanks. I suppose so, yeah. Because, I mean, I don't care how good your roadblocks are. If the other guy's got tanks, your truck ain't going to do much. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Um, also, huh? Where is this going exactly? Like, are we going to see Battle of Moscow 2? That's, that's what most people were wondering. And as you can see here, this guy um, decided to put out some more details. But if you scroll down on this one, I believe there is a picture in which there are machine gun positions being put up around Moscow as well, which is um, jolly good. That's, that's, that's normal things. All right. So then everyone was pretty worried because, well, as you can see in this picture here, 30 minutes um, towards Moscow now. And uh, the convoy goes on for 30 minutes, sorry, is what this guy's saying. So you sit and the guy's filming for 30 straight minutes of just truck off the truck off the truck. keeping on going. Some with tanks, some full of guys, some full of equipment, some full of SAM sites. And it's like, okay, cool. What's, what's, why exactly? Who's going to do what? And everyone was quite hyped. I mean, in fact, this is what I saw in most circles. How you were just, you know, normal Who are people. you rooting for? Yeah, normal people were mostly just sharing memes because, I mean, what can you do? And you can you can choose your faction in the next Russian civil war is what most people. Can we click on this? Thinking. Can we find out who ours is? Um, do you want me to? Do you want me to? I don't know if I want to, but you can try. <laughs> I think it's a gift, so it might no, it's not working. Nah. Damn! Nah. I guess you'll just have to, you at home decide which faction we belong to. <laughs> there, there is a friend of mine who was um, playing this game, and he just got Putin's government. And he was like, "No, that fits." All right, bro. <laughs> that's, that's that's your world. But there we are. And then all of a sudden, it just ended. 
Never mind. Battle of Moscow cancelled. Go home, boys. Prigozhin just gives an announcement that, um, I don't know, we've reached a deal. All good. Go on home. Jesse brokered a deal between Mike and Walt. All is good. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Cheers. But obviously this confused everyone because why exactly? Was it a coup? Did he not have enough power? Was it not a coup? Was what? What's going to happen in the future if it was an intended coup that's just failed or just been thrown to the side? Or was it just a rebellion? Was it a bit of a temper tantrum? Was it just uh, please stop shooting my own guys because he's been complaining about friendly yeah. fire? Who knows? And we don't know. Nobody knows. That's that's kind of the point. But we do know some facts. I mean, it might have been this. I'm just saying. <laughs> just on second thoughts, let's not go to Moscow. It is a silly place, which yeah, I could see. Yeah. But Prigozhin was now apparently relocated to Belarus along with Wagner. That was the terms of the deal that seems to have been brokered, at least what people are saying is the deal that has been brokered. Now, a lot of people are obviously mapping it and then be like, aha, what if it's 40 chests to invade Kiev? I, I don't know. Maybe in two months we'll see some invasion. Yeah, I, I was going to say, the, the only thing that I have seen that's remotely plausible to me um, that I saw people suggesting was that it was some kind of... I don't know how smart the Russians are, so I don't know how plausible this is. Perhaps you can tell me if this sounds plausible. It was some kind of 4D chess move to, one, confuse the Western side, and two, root out any potential traitors on the Russian side. Well, I guess... Maybe. Maybe. There we go. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. The, the, the thing about Russian politics, as I mentioned at the start, Peter Hitchens is right. It's, it's two dogs barking under a carpet. I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe one dog teams up with a cat and they trick them into thinking the dog and the cat are fighting and the other dog lets its guard down. But yeah. who knows? Because we I, I, don't get to see any of it. It, it. The people involved may not even know really what, who got the power and what's going on anymore. The people I've met who are Russian nationalists working in Russian politics knew very little about their own system in the sense of... Oh, really? We don't really know who even has power. Well, the, Because the, it's such a... That sounds quite a lot like over here to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, there was a guy I met, for example, in Rostov who explained, I mean, this, this is probably true of you in the West as well. And I was like, no, it's not. We know that. Hang on. Wait. Do you no, really believe right. that Rishi yeah. Sunak's in charge? Does Liz Truss really have control of the country? <laughs> Did she really? For ten? No, obviously not. So the idea that, yeah, we don't really know who's in power or anything. I mean, that's not foreign to us either. So no. that's, that's not an unusual thing. The, the details we did find out was that the charges against Prigozhin for criminal activity were completely dropped. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's, he's done nothing wrong now, I guess. And um, So uh, I, I, either it was some 4D chess or he's just too useful if he is still an ally to do any action against. <laughs> <laughs> any suggestion this that either of us throw is just going, maybe. It, there's a reason I'm doing that. It's not just to be like, oh, I don't know. No, it's true. It, it, it's because if I told you, oh, for sure, I'd be lying. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are people in Russian language media and people in English language media who are like, yeah, this is definitely... No, you don't know. Stop. This is this is like when that bridge, that bridge um, the dam got blown up um, on the... Yeah, yeah. That was the Russian-Ukrainian front intentional um, self-destruction. Yeah, and everyone truck. was blaming each other, being like, oh, the other side did it. And it's like, Do you, who has any evidence? Nobody. All right, well, what are we doing? Why are we taking a side on this then? So, okay. So, either way... Have we considered it was aliens? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I mean like, I, like I said at the time, for people who don't know why I said at the time, it, was just, it, it might even just be that that bridge hasn't had any maintenance because guess what? It's on the front line and it's been shelled with artillery. And do you really want to go down and fix the bridge while the other guys are pointing guns at you? I thought the thing with the bridge that some, was somebody in a truck was sent and it blew up. I don't believe I've seen any up. evidence of that yet. Oh. Maybe I'm out of the loop. Maybe there is some. But oh, anyway. Fair play. Well, once again, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on this. But the point being, um, Putin's still in charge. But that's not changed. Um, the people who I know who are pro-Putin in Moscow seem to be 
Um, not the happiest, but not unhappy either. They, they, they just responded to me being like, well, that was weird. <laughs> I, was like, I guess everything's back to normal. I'm like, yeah, bro, I thought it was weird too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guys that I met who are um, more friendly to Wagner seem fairly okay with the situation. They're like, well, uh, you know, our, our guys are still safe. The, the biggest complaint seemed to be, or a rumor, is that Wagner was going to be shut down by the Russian MOD. So this theory goes that that's why this happened. It wasn't a coup. It was instead, oi, take us seriously. But again, I don't know. This is, this is just theory. But we'll find out in the coming days, I suppose. As I mentioned on the Wagner side, that was the theory there. But obviously, this doesn't really have a ni- nice, neat end, a nice, neat narrative. Things don't usually. So especially in Russia. Nothing ever does, especially war. No. But I, I do have to mention, which is that people did notice. I mean, Wagner are kind of celebrities. And, well, you can see in this picture here, this is a guy taking a selfie with Prigozhin, I believe, in Rostov. And when they were told to leave Rostov, the Wagner guys, after everything had settled down, there were people coming out, giving them drinks and food and shaking their hands and taking pictures and clapping them. It, it was all very folk hero-esque, yeah. which is the same thing I saw in Donbass. I mean... I'm not having an opinion on the situation. It's just what the opinion seems to be of the locals towards these people. And one of the things there is that I saw a lot of accounts being like, this is evidence. But they assumed that the support for Wagner was some kind of anti-Putin sentiment, at least from the Ukrainian accounts I saw. That's why they were calling them freedom fighters and et cetera, because opportunistic moment to say a thing you don't know about. But anyway. mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's that. I think genuinely they just see Wagner as folk heroes because, I mean, their aesthetic's really cool, is all I'm going to put it down to, frankly. I think that's really true. I, I think aesthetics has a lot more to do with everything than most people put it down. For as. people who, yeah, I mean, if you're living in the Western world right now, if you see anything about Wagner, especially in mainstream media, but even on social media, usually what you'll see is, you know, they're war criminals or terrorists or so forth. I mean, they're declared terrorists in the EU, for example. Mm. They are a terrorist organization for the EU, um, but not in the UK because of Brexit, so is that. All right. All right. But the point being that if you're a Russian living in Rostov or Donbass or something, you might see some warfare stuff, of course. You won't have the Western stuff, but you will mostly see, at least from what I saw, the music, for example, the music videos, the memes, the, you know, Ride of the Valkyries playing and then a bunch of Russian guys coming in to save the day. And that's the imagery. That counts for a lot. Yeah. I don't think it's nothing. Anyway. Street Sweeper over here has become an international hero overnight in the Russian world and English-speaking world that's following this because he just came out and went, uh, no, everything's going to plan. Just trust the plan, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This Street Sweeper knows what's up. All of the political commentators on Twitter, even us right now, this Street Sweeper, (laughs) he just knows far more. We should get this guy on. But he became a meme overnight as well. It's just everyone's like, yeah, bro, trust the plan. There is a plan. plan. We don't know what it is, but there is one. He's Putin's top guy. It's like Alpharius or whatever. Just like, he he really is Putin's top guy. Look, he's even making it look nice. (laughs) Whoa, Putin needs me. (laughs) (laughs) Belarus came out and had some good fun as well. You could see the Belarusian Ministry of Foreign Affairs tweeting out to Elon Musk. Thankfully, thanks to President Lukashenko, boys can finally get some sleep too. Yeah. Scroll down so we can see the full meme, please. Uh, it's, it's, it's just the old meme. Of, um, How do boys sleep? Boys no sleep. And now... Oh, that one again. Oh, okay. sleep. So there's that. Anyway. Everything seems to have gone back to the fall. We'll see if there's some major impact in the long term in regards to this. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the facts. Do you know? Probably not. Mind. Maybe you trust the plan. 
maybe this was a coup. <laughs> Make up your own fantasy of what I trust actually the happened. plan. But the point being, um, Wagner seemed to have been moved to Belarus. So there's that. That's that's a thing that's happened. Um, this has shocked Russian media and the population significantly. I did see someone going through the papers this morning and just explaining what was said there. And overwhelmingly, all the commentators from pro-Putin to not uh, are all like, huh, didn't expect that. No clue. Yeah, this was really odd. Like, does this show that we're really vulnerable? I mean, one of the pro-Putin outlets described it as proof that the system is stronger than ever because we were even able to repel this. And it's like, we were even able to repel ourselves. Which, which is, okay, I, I applaud the spin. That's, that's pretty talented. I'll give you that. But yep. Certainly not something I would have expected. Anyway, regardless, I would advise people to go and check out the Wagner songs just to try and get an understanding of why people in the Russian Federation or Donbass seem to have this aesthetic image of them just to help you trying to understand that world not the and, and to pump Callum's own video numbers no you can go and try and find it elsewhere I just have some there this is um, Evgeny my friend for example who decided to uh, give me some of that but, he, gave, he sang you a song well no he played it on his oh uh, right but like when we're riding around in cars for example they won't play the radio in Donbass they'll play Wagner music they'll just sit there playing it and it's like alright not allowed in the west okay. you would probably get in trouble in France or whatnot, but whatever anyway the only thing for us in the West, I think, is to just observe. I, I, we don't have any influence. Never mind the, the Russian population, so there's soul. But either way, we're going to get some amazingly good uh, war music out of all of this that will go down in history. That's, that's really my position on the whole thing. Well, I can't wait for any embargoes on the music to be lifted then. It's, it's, I'll it make is, some metal slap. remixes of it. <laughs> anyway, we'll go to the Aboriginals. I will hand over the box, that's of, right. box of fate. Welcome to Aboriginal Bill's number two, Electric Boogaloo. One moment. Apologies, everybody watching. It's hay fever season, and I'm not oh, so doing it's very, very hot well. in here. It is quite warm in here, actually, and it's not just because of the animal magnetism that Callum and I have to one another, although it might be a little bit to do with that. Anyway. You've got to stop endorsing the fan fiction, man. <laughs> <laughs> fiction? <laughs> anyway, so um, last week I spoke a bit about the Aboriginal Shakedown Bill, which is the West Australian Bill uh, for the Australian Heritage Act, which allows Aboriginals to declare a piece of land as being as being their land. It's sacred land. It has intangible elements to it that mean that they have rights to it, which is going to be a big problem for anybody trying to deal with agriculture or farming or even just building anything on particular land because literally a council of aboriginals in australia can show up tell you that they have right to that land for some undefined reason in the actual legislature itself it says that if you ask the question are you telling the truth what makes this land special etc cetera, etc cetera. that's a culturally insensitive question uh, so they don't have to prove anything so if you find yourself asking that question being told no and then maybe being found guilty that you built on land that was supposedly sacred for intangible reasons, uh, then you can be liable to a lot of money. And that will come into effect on the 1st of July. But they do already actually have legislation already legislating that kind of thing. This one just goes even further. So watch that video from last week if you want a bit more information. And uh, I was informed by some of our Australian viewers that while that was a big story, I had missed some of the extra stories, some of the larger picture, which I was already a, a little bit aware of, but didn't think it was um, fit for just the one segment to cover both sides. So here, thank you for anybody who got in touch to sell me what was going on with the greater picture in Australia, and I'll be covering that now. But before I go any further, 
Uh, on the website, as always, we've got some wonderful material. We've got lots of work that we do on here, including Josh's contemplation series, talking about ordering chaos with Stelios in the latest episode. And I will tell you this. I know that you're still a little bit hesitant on this studio. Callum is a true conservative, any change whatsoever, and he just hates it. You can ask him to change his shirt and he will cry. I've seen it happen. Um, but one thing that is really good about this new studio is we can have more than two people in at any one time. And on the Friday, uh, I took part in a contemplations with Josh. It was always a pleasure, uh, but also Stelios at the same time because we're able to have three people in the studio at any one time now, up to five, in fact, although we've not tried that just yet. And it was a really good conversation. So if you've not thought about subscribing to the website before, maybe consider now because the breadth of content that we're able to produce has expanded massively. So please feel free to sign up. It's only £5 a month and you'll have access to everything that we've done before and everything that we're going to be doing in the future as well, which is very exciting as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, something that somebody sent me was um, building off of the details from last week. This is the result of the Aboriginal Heritage Act that's already in place. So let's just get a practical example of the kind of nonsense that the act that's already in place gives that will now be expanded as of the 1st of July, shall we? So this was an article from, uh, let me see, ABC News talking about Australian place names don't sound real to me. Uh, they have a rather suspiciously named mountain, shall I say. Uh, but <laughs> you might know Wait, the which one. There's a few in Australia. Uh, you, you you can make up your own mind. Look the ones up, that look like a human head. That, well, there's that one, but then there's also one that shall we say um, uh, Mount N word is an actual <laughs> place in Australia. This real. Of you course can, it is. Yeah, you course. can look it up. I don't know why it's real, but it is real. I'm just reporting the facts there. Uh, but this place Tudye, uh, that doesn't sound like a real word, but I'll go with it. Real estate agent Tony Maddox pleads not guilty to Aboriginal Heritage Act breach. So this is the one that was already in place. So he's facing up to nine months in jail for breaching the West Australia Aboriginal Heritage Act. Uh, he pleaded not guilty. He was charged by the state's Heritage Act uh, Department last month after building a creek crossing his property. That sounds like something that you should be able to do, right? This is my property. It's got a little bit of water running over it. I'll build something to be able to you know, cross over that bit of water. Can you guess why it is that that was illegal? Engines. Engines. Yeah. Yeah. Engines. Aboriginal engines. The prosecution claimed the works, which included the removal of a large amount of silt from the Boyagering Brook running through his property, disrupted the Wagul, a rainbow serpent central to Noongar mythology. So the imaginary serpent was disturbed. The prosecution statement... This isn't a parody article. This is no, real. this is real. This is real, and a man might go to prison for nine months as a result for of upsetting it. Wagu. For upsetting Wagul. <laughs> for upsetting the Gabagool. <laughs> uh, they make that up. That, that can't be a real Indian... It's an insensitive question. You could just make it up, and if you say, that doesn't sound real to me, sorry, yeah, that's an insensitive that. question, you've got no right to ask it. The prosecution statement of facts, and facts is a term being used very loosely well, in this context. Well, obviously, is real, and you have upset him. I well, yeah, know. states that any alterations to the Wagul's home could scare it <laughs> from the water, causing it to dry up and causing harm to the surrounding environment and people. So if you scare away our imaginary serpent, the riverbed will dry up. This seems, given that he's already built it and moved everything, if it has scared off the imaginary rainbow serpent, then, you know, I guess we just give it time. And if the river dries up, then the Aboriginals proved right. 
this is something easily testable. And uh, under the Act, just to give more context again, a person may not excavate, destroy, damage, conceal, or in any way alter any Aboriginal site. Once again, the Aboriginals can just show up at any time and say, this is one of our sites. We had a magical experience here. It's got intangible elements. So that means it's ours. You're not allowed to do anything with it unless you pay us exorbitant amounts of money. If convicted, Mr. Maddox could be fined more than 20,000 Australian dollars. So that's about £2.50 in real money and be sentenced to spend time behind bars. So... That's how it goes at the moment. This new West Australia Aboriginal Act will be even more ridiculous and will go into power as of the 1st of July. So West Australians, I'm terribly sorry. May God have mercy on the souls. But there was a bigger part to this story as well, which was the referendum that will be going on at the end of next year, which starts here, which is uh, the Uluru Statement from the heart. This is the thing that kickstarted what's going on in Australia right now. So it's a 2017 petition by Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander leaders to change the constitution of Australia to improve, improve the representation of Indigenous Australians. The statement was released on 26th of May 2017 by delegates of the First Nations National Constitutional Convention held over four days near Uluru in central Australia. The convention was held after the 16-member referendum council appointed by Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull and leader of the opposition Bill Shorten on the 7th of December 2015 had travelled around the country and met with over 1,200 people. The statement was issued after the convention and calls for a First Nations voice in the Australian Constitution and the Makarata Commission to supervise the process of agreement making. <laughs> Terribly sorry. Is that part of the language? I think <laughs> it might be, to be fair. I would need to be taking sips of booze in between. But okay. anyway, and truth telling between the Australian government and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. The final report on the Referendum Council contains the following recommendations that a referendum be held to provide in the Australian constitution for a representative body that gives Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander First Nations a voice to the Commonwealth Parliament. One of the specific functions of such a body to be set out in the legislation outside of the constitution should include the function of monitoring the use of the heads of power in section 51 and section 122. The body will recognise the status of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of Australia. So what this is essentially asking for is an advisory board as part of the government, as part of the parliament, to give them certain parliamentary power that will be able to advise on anything that the Australian government does. Now, I have been told there are some problems with this, given that Australia itself, of these Aboriginal peoples, like with Indians in America, all have various different tribes, which all have various different factions within them. You're joking which all have various different aims and goals towards one another. They're, they're not just a bunch of people with feathers then, in their heads? They're not all just crying. the same people with Damn. feathers in their heads. So, And they don't all believe the same things either. So what one tri tribe may say will be contradicted by another tribe. Someone believes then, in Wagul, but someone else doesn't believe in Wagul. Exactly. Yeah. And then what? where do you stand on the Wagul question? I'm pro-Wagul, really. Oh, so do I, actually. So I'm <laughs> glad to see that we're united on this front. Charge but, that man but it turns out the First Nations tribes are not united on the Wagul question, which, if they suddenly have a certain amount of power with the parliament as part of an advisory board, could create some issues. So if I go further, so what is the key voice to parliament? The five key questions. So this statement, this Uluru statement, has now snowballed into this referendum that's going on in Australia. So there are five key questions that Australia is asking, according to this uh, this article, but I'll just go through some of the information, the primary information that they give 
in here. So the legislation for the crucial vote passed on the Senate on Monday, meaning the referendum must now take place within the next six months. So it'll probably be happening sometime before the end of the year. Excuse me. The Indigenous Voice to Parliament aims to provide a permanent representation and voice for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people at each level of government. It would put a body that represents the interests of the Australia's First Nations people. Simply put, the voice would be an advisory board for all levels of government, every single level of government, on how parliamentary decisions affect First Nations people. The final format has yet to be decided. So while these people are voting on similar to Brexit, they've no idea how this will look in practice. There's no practical understanding of how this will look so they're just voting on, do you want to give the people a voice? The way it's being put forward as the question is, do you want to give these people a voice in the parliament, in government? So many people might not understand what that is, but either way- well, At least with Brexit, you can say, do you want to leave the EU? Yes, but yes. this just means, do you want to give them a voice? I mean, so, what, that could be anything between, okay, they get a representative who can't even vote in the parliament to we give them veto power over all laws. So far, they're saying there's no veto power that will be given to them. But given the way these things snowball, given the way the West Australia Aboriginal Heritage Act colonists, works, after all, what right do you have? Yeah, exactly. This is their country. Why shouldn't they be able to just veto anything that the Australian government wants to do? That's how this will snowball. I mean, it's a nonsense argument, but we don't live in an age in which people in the West have an ability to actually argue back against that in the mainstream. No, Instead, because they just capitulate every time. The, the, the West or Western peoples have just completely subsumed themselves to this ideology that if this person came first, then that means that they have ultimate as right as to say whatever. Yeah, because they're not us. Yeah. Re realistically speaking, despite the fact, and some people might find it insensitive, there was this thing called right of conquest, which means that uh, we met in a field and we, we fought each other. You guys lost. So we get dibs. I mean, that seems like the fairest way, personally, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, what else? I think maybe the Prime Minister of Australia should maybe just get and all the tribes can get together, find one representative, Case have an match. arm wrestle. No, arm wrestle. Arm wrestle. There you go. See. Okay. And then whoever wins gets Australia. And it's, it's smarter than this because this is just the extended arm wrestle <laughs> over a period of years and years and years until one wins Australia anyway. If you are not yourself sovereign, or if you do not know who the sovereign is, then somebody else will assume sovereignty of your nation. That's just how it works. You can't just have these things mixed. You can't have these things sort of balancing each other out in power in practice because eventually someone will end up having the final say of this. And if you want to just cede all power over because you have a guilty liberal bleeding heart, then congratulations, you're going to get kicked out of your own country or have things made so bad for you that you'll want to leave the country anyway. This is just obviously how it's going to work. And uh, and there's no point pleading with uh, with countries like ours that um, that oh we're the indigenous peoples yeah we're the indigenous peoples of England and such I've seen some people make the argument bro we're giving up our country too why can't <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, come along <laughs> uh, I've seen some people make the argument that oh what we need to do in the West in Britain and places like that is to make the argument to the left that oh we're the indigenous peoples therefore you should ha apply those same standards no they don't apply the same standards to us. They don't care. The point is that they don't care about indigenous peoples. They hate indigenous Western European peoples. They hate white peoples is what the actual point is. They just hate us. So it's not going to work. Anyway, that's just a little tangent I threw out there. Uh, moving on, so I'll carry on through this. So the local and regional voices would consist of 35 local voices representing districts around the country, each one individually selected to be the voice for the communities they represent. The elected local voices would engage with politicians at local, state, or federal levels and provide their input. The national voice would have over 24, 24 members, which, would make, which must have a gender balance 
amongst the board. Why? Because it's arbitrary. Because we've just decided that, you know, gender balance yeah. is something that we love. That's what we century like. century things. Insert gender balance. Why? I don't know. It's the religion. I mean, reasonably speaking, I mean, maybe, the, maybe these tribes, maybe they're the ones that have the magical third gender that they're always talking about. So I guess that would be eight of each. Yeah. How do, how do you figure out how many genders they... That is actually a serious thing they're going to no, have to sit down and argue about, isn't that it? That is actually going to be something because I'm sure that these are the sorts of places... You know, the left always like to bring ah. up, oh, well, indigenous peoples have different ideas of gender. Well, yeah, it helps when you've uh, got a certain power, part of your tribe that's all been castrated. Um, so you decide that they're because they've been castrated, <laughs> that means that they're a different gender. That's generally how these things go. So the thing is, we started off there being like, haha, the left will believe this nonsense. And then we thought, no, no, hang on, that's the main ideology of uh -huh, every no, Western wait, oh, government. Oh, God, they actually will believe this so nonsense. So if the Western government, they will actually sit down and think about that. They're going to have a committee on how many genders there are in the various tribes to decide whether this or not they have gender work. parity. And you, start voice. Off, <laughs> you start off with a simple question of, okay, should they have a voice? And then you end up with a panel of government experts and specialists. <laughs> yeah, so well, what about two-spirit then? But what about exogender? They're going to start oh. asking stupid questions like that. And uh, they, it says, it goes on to state in here, the voice is solely an advisory board to the Australian Parliament and government, and therefore it would only be there to provide evidence on matters which specifically affect Indigenous people. But once again, given that they are in, automatically being labelled as the first people of the nation, Therefore, according to this sort of logic, the entire country belongs to them. Any decision made in the country of Australia would automatically affect indigenous people, especially if they can just rock up to anywhere and say, this is our special land because we believe in the magic rainbow serpent that lives here and stops the rivers from drying up. That's just how it goes. Therefore, it would not have the power to overrule parliament or legislation, also known as veto powers. I've already made it clear how I think that this is nonsense. Australian people, though, such as my friend, Chris Gard have uh, actually taken a read through some of the advisory reports on the constitution alteration. And I think Chris Gard, who uh, I'm informed on good word, is uh, reliably informed, is at least three quarters Aboriginal himself, um, says, have just re finished reading the bill and can say with confidence that we are, and this is quite poetic language he's using here, uh, governed by malignant retards. This in conjunction with the West Australian ABO Heritage Act means we are effed. Agriculture will become nearly impossible as will mining Rest in peace, Australia. Um, now, if you want more information from this... Where do I find more poetry like that? Um, you just follow Australian <laughs> Twitter. Uh, I've been told that Chris, along with a few other people uh, from Australia, will be talking about this legislation on Friday. So uh, maybe tune in for that if you want some more informed and uh, poetic discussion such as that that we see here. And uh, the government is doing what you'd expect because it turns out the polling is saying that it's not looking good. It's not looking good for the yes vote right now because a lot of Australians, like Chris, have read the legislation and gone, I don't like this. This sounds like it will destroy this country. So I'm going to call him a member of parliament. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> going to call him a dingo, are we? Hey, Andy. <laughs> Oi, Bruce. <laughs> why do uh, I, sorry, but it's a funny why do, I, why do I have a, a, a mental image of a kangaroo in a suit just rocking up to the door? I, I'm just thinking Simpsons. Just straight up Simpsons. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> What they're going to get if it goes no, the prime minister who recommended this is going to get a kick bottom. That's what's going to happen. Uh, anyway, the, the prime minister, despite the fact that polling is not looking good for the yes vote, is saying that he is confident because the latest news poll conducted for The Australian shows more people are now against the voice to parliament than for it. 
big surprise. Those against enshrining the voice in the Constitution increased to 40%, up from 43% on June 4th. Support for it has meanwhile decreased from 46% to 43%, with a further 10% undecided. Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia, and Tasmania would reject the voice if a referendum were held next weekend. Asked whether there is an alarm within his government ahead of the referendum, Mr. Albanese, the Prime Minister, said that there is all upside and no downside for supporting the proposal. No, this is a proposition that has come from the bottom up. Listen, just because you can point to some random indigenous peoples, aboriginal peoples um, uh, statement from 2017 doesn't mean that they had any power whatsoever to instigate this referendum. They asked you for it, and then you did this. The people of Australia as a whole were not clamoring for this legislation, so you can't say that it was bottom-up. Bottom at all. Uh, from the grassroots arising from the First Nations Constitutional Convention in 2017 at Uluru. That asked for the recognition, but also asked for the recognition to have voiced by giving Australian governments the opportunity to listen to First Nations people on matters that affect them. I think that as Australia focuses on what has been for the Australian people in the last quarter of the year, recognition and listening all upside, no downside for this proposal. This just sounds like a bunch of nonsense. I don't know if they've transcribed this particular interview poorly or not, but that sounds like a bunch of rambling nonsense to me. And uh, there was his statements he's been putting out on Twitter, basically just saying, it's a good thing, bro, just trust me. We may not have any details whatsoever, and this may be one of the biggest complaints from the opposition, that there's no details on how this will work, but trust me, it'll just be all upside. Just trust me, bro. So I said to you when we were chatting about this earlier, this reminds me heavily of the story we covered before of Chile, in which they had a new constitution. Oh, yeah. And it was full of leftist garbage. And one of them mm. was, what if we set up I their own this. government for the, uh, the Indians? Well, and, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, obviously being Chile, they've got voted, I think 75% of the people voted against it. So we're just like, this is trash. So yes, I can only hope that Australia will decide to do the same thing. Hopefully they will, because this is... Absolute trash. It'd be nice also if the Australian government or the West Australian government gave the local people there the ability to vote on, you know, that Aboriginal Heritage Act that seems to potentially destroy their agriculture. But can't all be can't all be winners, can we? It would be rather funny if after this they started blasting Augusta Pinochet's music. But... <laughs> Helicopters start circling. The... No, some no. of the Aussie listeners. So I just <laughs> yeah. And uh, when we were talking about what might actually take part, uh, like uh, practically result from this as well. Uh, people have been pointing out that this man in the background, a Thomas Mayo, uh, who goes under at Thomas Mayo 23, appears to be part of the Prime Minister's push to get the yes vote out there. So he's written a book called, um, I'm sorry, this camera is in the way. The Voice to Parliament. The Voice to Parliament. Uh, what, what kind of suggestions does he have for what Aboriginal peoples should have? Can you guess? He, he appears to be Aboriginal himself. Can you guess what sort of things that he wants for the Aboriginals in Australia? More money in Medicare? No. Well, <laughs> so here's him talking in 2020. Uh, we imagine more. This is talking about the Uluru Statement. Just more. We imagine how, using the lessons from the past, the Uluru Statements calls for the constitutional rights to a black representative body with the resources and structural, uh, structure needed to unite on the priorities we collectively determine a vital step in the fight for justice. All sounds very high and mighty so far, but what does that look like? Reparations, of course. Land back. Abolishing harmful colonial institutions. Such as the Australian government. Yeah, I was, <laughs> that's, that's what it will be, won't it? Getting all our kids out of prisons and into care. What, even the murderers? 
Even the murderers? Probably even the murderers. Respect and integration of our laws and laws. Speaking language. Wages back. What does wages back right mean? to it, sniff petrol. <laughs> we want all the petrol you can give us, damn it. <laughs> Free booze every day of the week. All the things. Wages back. What does that mean? Do you have wages? Like wages what? That you were, weren't paid? Were you enslaved at some point? I don't remember any talk about Aboriginals being actually enslaved in Australia. Maybe Australian people can... Well, you know, they were sent to prison for crime. Therefore, that's slavery. So No, the Aboriginals weren't, though, were they? No, I, I mean, mean these actually, kids you know, to be fair, these, these kids, yeah. What if they were murderers, though? It doesn't matter. They were peaceful petrol stealers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All the things that we imagine when we demand the Uluru Statement. So this is the kind of person that's backing it. This is the kind of person who seems to be behind the scenes talking with the Australian Prime Minister about this. So when people worry and then the Australian government comes out and says that this is evil misinformation, then uh, it doesn't appear to be, as far as I'm concerned. Because guess what the Australian government is coming out and doing? Saying that it's evil misinformation, and then do you know what else they might be doing? Sniffing petrol with their friends? They or? might just ban misinformation, yeah. which of course they determine what misinformation is. Yeah. This is from I Say Toad, I assume, another proud Australian. So they Australian. declare a hate speech again? Uh, close enough. Yeah. He says, uh, Albanese government moves today, and that was, uh, when he says today, he means the 25th of June, yesterday as we're recording, uh, with draft legislation to shut down the no case, with polls now showing at best 50-50 for a yes outcome. Albo is going to gag Australians why even bother having a referendum. And this all checks out. Millions of dollars in fines to punish online misinformation under the new bill. So the Amer Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA, would be armed with the ability to require digital platforms to keep certain records about matters regarding misinformation and disinformation and turn them over when requested. So this will be something similar to the online harms bill, which might be pushed through Parliament in the UK as well, which will put all of online content produced in the UK or produced for the UK under the remit of Ofcom. The key points here are the, what's important. So the industry would be required to develop a code of practice with violations of the code, resulting in penalties of up to $2.75 million or 2% of their global turnover. Can you imagine how much that is for the larger media companies like Twitter and like Facebook? I mean, it's clearly just giving you money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pointing the gun at your head and saying, give me the money. And what is the misinformation? According to the draft bill, misinformation is defined as unintentionally false, misleading or deceptive content. Also, defining misinformation... that disagrees with the state. Okay. Yep. Disinformation as misinformation intentionally disseminated to cause serious harm. But the important thing I note here is unintentionally false. Unintentionally just means you were wrong about it. Oh, yeah. Hang on. What? Yeah. Unintentionally <laughs> false. So it doesn't even mean that you are coming out in bad faith and purposefully trying I, to I mis put the, spread uh, misinformation. Decimal point in the wrong place. Prison. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, give me billions and billions of dollars, please. Absolutely ridiculous. And if this passes, we can guess exactly what sort of thing they're going to be calling as disinformation because we've got politicians, uh, well, Tony Calmer. Uh, who is a part of the Australian government on the yes side of the referendum to give the Australian indigenous peoples a voice, the aboriginals a voice, says that politicians on the other side and the opposition are deliberately peddling misinformation on the indigenous voice. So this will just come down to people saying, hold up, clearly this will snowball into something that is much worse and much bigger than what is being put forward right now. And then all of a sudden, if this bill gets put through as well, the Australian government gets to turn around and say, that's misinformation because it doesn't explicitly say that in the referendum. Then they turn off opposition turn around and say, you've not told us what this looks like on the other side. That's one of our big complaints. And then the Australian government goes, too bad, we've shut you down. Also, we're getting our billions of gibs off of Twitter. I love democracy.
the Western uh, the West Western governments are a complete state. And uh, good luck, Australia. May God have mercy on your souls. Whenever we check in with Australia, it's always absolutely awful. It is because this isn't even just West Australia or one of the states. This is the whole country. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna take a little magic box. No. My magic box. My magic box. No. All right. This is another one of those segments where I don't really know what I'm doing. Could be terrible. Last one turned out all right. We were talking about women having sex with women by accident. Uh, did, did that turn out all right? Yeah, weirdly. I mean, it got decent views, I suppose. <laughs> so I had no idea what was going on. Or yeah, most other people were just like, wait, that's happening? I was like, yeah, well, you know, be careful, women. Women could be out there. Anyway. <laughs> yep. Instead, we're going to talk about AI nationalism because I we did a segment about AI a little while ago. We were looking at some of the predictions that things were good to pop. It is really warm in here, isn't it's it? Unbelievably warm. It's very sweaty in here. I wonder if that has anything to do with these gigantic screens behind us. Yeah, my the, the Americans in the chat are like, I'm proud to be an American, or at least I have AC. There is I AC mean, in here. Is there? Yeah. I thought there's Did AC. Did you not hear that buzzing? I thought that was the screens. <laughs> no, that's that's the AC trying to trying to live. Anyway, wait, back, back to my point, which was something. What was it? Oh, yeah. Music. Oh, we've got no idea what we're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. All right. Yeah, no, we'll yeah, start by promoting something. <laughs> wait, wait. Go, go, go back. Yeah, we'll promote thisodlowsies.com, which is another instance of me have no idea what hey, 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 I'm hey. doing. Are we going to do a part two to this? I've been pestering Callum mm. for about a month now. I've got a list of 10 songs, which you might enjoy. I still need to send it to you, but you might enjoy them. It's got Rammstein on it. It's got Sabaton on it. It's got songs that are about war. Um, fighting people in battles. For people who don't know, um, we did this podcast where um, Harry tried to explain Western music to me, and I tried to show him. I realized the music. What I should do is just actually show him the music instead yeah, of just you tell me him... about some new Nazi in Norway who was a Varg Vikings. <laughs> yeah, he's a hell of a story in and of himself. Uh, oh. But no, no, you just need to send me your list of ten okay. songs of propaganda music, and then we'll do this. All to right? be fair, I was going to. I had made the list, and then they all got banned. Because a lot of them were Wagner songs. <laughs> we'll find a way. Yeah, because I think I was trying to explain with that is like the aesthetic, and you need the ones with the translations added, otherwise it's a waste of time because you don't understand what I'm saying. And then they all got banned one day. I was like, oh. I guess you'll just have to come up with some of your own then. You'll have to do the My translations yourself. I'm singing it in, in English. <laughs> and anyway. you doing your karaoke, yeah. <laughs> I'm go check that. Anyway, nationalist music, as I was trying to explain in this premium thing, and in general, it's pretty good. It can be. His is Injun. A lot of people recognize the channel name from when we did our, our thing, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you're not alone, fellow weirdos. I also, you know, partake in watching endless propaganda music from God knows how many countries. This one's actually really cool. It's a Swedish nationalist song from the new era. So it's of the modern age. All right. This is something that I think has been massively neglected in English speaking music. We don't seem to have any. It's completely barren. But in These Europe, days, yes. Yeah, but in Europe, they have some really good bangers, to be honest. I mean, well, I, I well, don't know if we actually, can. Um, I know I mentioned him in the last segment, but if you, uh, Chris Gard, he's got a YouTube channel. And if you go on it, he's done um, some actually very good folk renditions of old English poems. Like he's done one of uh, Rudyard Kipling's White Man's Burden, which is actually quite inspiring to listen to. So I'd recommend you go check that oh, out. Well, we'll check that out. But this is just Sweden real quick. Um, it's, it's, it's neat. Go and check it out. I don't know if this will make copyright struck because it is new age stuff. It's not like 100 years old, like usual nationalist things. But it's good. And, well, besides the conversation about nationalist music, AI is also a thing, of course. And we've covered that. It is. And AI has discovered both of these things. And well, is now nationalism engaging. and music. <laughs> well, it's, it started to figure out 
Oh no, we're not back to SpongeBob, are we? <laughs> you may remember SpongeBob AI, which was how could you forget? Certainly something. And um, I suppose I'm just going to remind people real quick what SpongeBob AI looks like, which is we we covered the the fake Seinfeld. Well, someone made a fake SpongeBob, and it's it's what you might expect. It's coming. The fog is coming. Is the oh. audio playing? Is that working? Is that not working? Tony D and no, me. that's not what we want to play. Tony D and Little Joan. I've stepped in. I don't know if we can go <laughs> Is back. Is he going to sing a song for us? You're there such we are. a good friend. I can't hear it. I'm, got, I'm getting no audio through, John. Hopefully the audience can hear it. We had that bug a yesterday. Oh, sorry, Friday. The fog is coming. The fog is coming. The fog is coming. Good luck, good, good luck to everyone at home. <laughs> if you can't hear anything, just imagine a jaunty nationalist tune. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's the web stuff. So my point being there, just that the AI is strange, but it's also learning. Because as you can see here, <laughs> that's, that's so sketchy. <laughs> the AI is learning. Yeah, it is learning. And uh, for example, here it learned to sing. I think this is Michael Jackson. I hope it didn't learn to sing Johnny Rock. It's learned to sing Confederate War songs. Oh no! See, you say that. So point being that it's um. It's learned to sing some things. Some people having a bop there, of course. And, uh, well, mm, it's not just the, the occasional pop song. If we go forward, some other people have been making AI covers because that's just the AI learning itself. People, of course, been going out of their way with Eleven Labs to make AI voices for things. Yep. And they've been throwing them into songs. So there's the version of Billie Jean by Mr. Krabs. Uh, AI cover there, which is we can't we can't play any of these even if the audio is working for um, obvious copyright reasons. But you can imagine if the things I do play just don't exist in the YouTube clip, that'll be why. There you uh, go. We have um, Trump featuring <laughs> Biden over here singing um, "Ends in Paris." Homies in Paris. So they, yeah, yeah. Did they ever release a censored version of that? Because you know how Eminem would make a song, and you'd have to produce a censored version of it. Yeah, sometimes they just do the annoying thing where they'll go in and edit the actual word out so you just get a blank pause, yeah. which is always very disappointing. But it does that, there's quite a few of these. I thought it might have been a niche subject or something. This has like 500,000 views or something. You can see 20,000 likes there. Um, there's the Austrian painter <laughs> who decided to sing Gangnam Style as well. Which was, Did he do the dance too? <laughs> well, not him, but uh, Edward Richthofen from Call oh. of Duty Zombies to do a little dance. All right. So there's that. He's not the only one. Free Mercury, I will always love you. I found. Yeah. Like a million views. This is actually surprisingly good. I would imagine it would be. Yeah, it's it's annoying that none of the tech works because I'd I'd love to actually. I'm just hoping the audience can hear that. I can't hear that. No. Um, right. Have you got anything in the chat? Does the chat say anything? Is the chat bopping along? Are we getting struck down? I see right right now. So, all right. Maybe that works. I guess we've played enough. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was good. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can't hear it. But my point being that, well, it, um, I, I'd love to do an impression now, but I can't do Freddie Mercury. But it's, it's a very Freddie good Mercury impression. Freddie is a very difficult one to do an impression Exactly. Of. Really hard for a human being. The AI got it. And they managed to do I Will Always Love You in Freddie Mercury's voice. Well, I think uh, one of the reasons was Freddie Mercury had extra teeth in his mouth, made his mouth a bit, uh, bit bigger. So it made it so that his voice reverberated in his mouth a bit differently than normal people's. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. He's a mutant. A little bit. And he was from Zanzibar, like, it's, so... It's like the X-Men, except that's his it's talent. A, his talent is a really great singing voice. I, I, can, I can sing. Is that, is that a mutant talent, really? Then again, to some. Have you watched a lot of... I don't know if you had. You know I'm a bit obsessed with Carl Pilkington. Oh, but of course. I probably told you. So I watched 
all of his radio shows at this point. I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching the early stuff where he's just in the background eating. Challenge Carl's number one guy. He's Honestly, the top guy. Sincerely, like there's there's what it's just hilarious. Like there's one where he's eating Jaffa cakes, and then he just claims that Jaffa cakes cure cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and Ricky's like, "What are you talking about?" And he just goes, "Well, not fully." No, okay, not fully. Okay, <laughs> at least you've played so, well, that if you, up. If you've got cancer, you can't just eat a load and then it'll be gone. It's, it's, but it's it's good. Anyway, the world used to be better when you could actually make medical misinformation claims on live radio, and that was considered <laughs> humor instead of. I mean, it wasn't like I don't think that the what was it Radio X they were on. Yeah, I don't think Radio X were coming out and saying everything Carl Pilkington says is the uh, <laughs> utmost truth. No medical advice that we uh, recommend. The modern version of that is being on YouTube, of course. And we can't even make jokes about medical stuff because then you get a strike. No one actually looks at your appeal and you can suck a D. Whereas, you know, back in the day, you could, you know, write in the Daily Mirror that Hitler landed on the moon and and everyone would just move on with their lives. (laughs) There we go. Interesting. Anyway, point being, um, not the only one. You can see Plankton here singing Begging. Uh, I suppose I'll play some of this as well. That's a good tune. What's weird, though, is it's good. It's annoyingly good. <laughs> that's, that's my fear. I mean, Plank- Plankton did have a satisfying deep baritone to his voice, so I could imagine it working. Perhaps. I'm begging, God, I hope they could hear that. God, if you can't hear it, we just... I don't know. Is it better that they can or Should can't? Should we do a, a Lotus karaoke sometime? Oh, no. I mean, we've got a massive screen now. We can have the words up there so everyone at home can sing along. I can't think of anything worse. I can. Yeah, you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but Miss Plankton's neat and all. But Mr. Krabs has become the favourite. And I, I just, I just want to show you this is The Eugene show. It's working! It's working, John. Thank you. That's really impressive. Yeah, you see? Nobody listen to techno, now let's go. You've got the intonation of his voice right. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, crabs can spit bars, man. I'll go wait for the chorus, though. Oh, because this one's great. This is so this one's not going on YouTube. <laughs> Even fits with the character. <laughs> Yeah, people in the chat are like, it, it do be a banger though. Look, all I'm saying is there's a reason I made the segment, which I knew it might be crap, but at the same time, hey, pretty cool, right? It's pretty fun. <laughs> we're in the new. We're in the new studio. We're experimenting. We're seeing what works. It's new edgy contents. <laughs> Lotus eaters after dark. Have you listened to random music? <laughs> <laughs> See, you laugh, but I mean, there is a lot of content on YouTube. Like a friend of mine was showing me this guy, and uh, literally all he does is react to memes. You want to yeah. guess how many million followers he has? Forty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like five, but still. Uh, it's, I mean, like, if it's in the millions, like. React content was huge on YouTube for a while, and that was literally some guy in the corner watching somebody else's content go <laughs> like that. Amazing so, what works. And they got millions of views. People made a living doing that. So, so share this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, get your best React face on, Callum, just so that people can use it. This is what I was excited about, though. <laughs> this is what got me into it, and why I have to show people. Of course. So, I, I'm not, no, 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 I haven't joined the IRA. Never met the IRA. Wait. 
One sec. Quiet. One sec. I just want to try something. What, what are you trying to do? What, what were the ones? Don't, don't look ahead. No, no, I'm not looking ahead. I'm looking back now that we can... Can we... You want to go back and play some of them? I want to go back and hear Austrian painters singing. No, 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 I'm not playing that one. <laughs> What's weird as well about that one is in the middle, you know the, um, I don't know what he's saying, obviously, but in the middle of um, Gangnam Style, he goes, Serna Hannah here, Gino Modric, like that, that bit. Yep. They just use Zeke Heil. For the no- <laughs> <laughs> it, it fit. <laughs> and it was like, ah, it, okay. It, it really is quite fun. This is what people choose to do with their time. Because it's like when I see did you see that ridiculous um, edit of Marvel where it was like Infinity, well, at the end of whatever it was, Endgame, except it's also mixed with Breaking Bad, so it's Tuco crushing up the <laughs> Infinity Stones yeah, yeah, I've seen and it. then using the Thor's hammer on... Who makes these? Who makes these? Who goes through all the time to make these things? Because this takes a lot of skill to yeah, be able to do. You've got you to need- move the little arrows all around the body every single frame so you've got to get the glow right because that was one of the best edits yeah. i've ever seen because you got the glow right you got the lighting right for everything there was no like green glow around where no, the no. edges are being put out yeah it's ridiculously difficult and you just do it so you can throw it up for free on youtube and yeah. get meme points i mean I, sincerely I, I look at that stuff and i want to talk about it for all. I, I genuinely think that is probably the best art of our time and i'll fight anyone on that um i don't know who's making better stuff because you've got to think that the intricacies to make that work and to make it work perfectly as a meme format is, is so unique. As being well. a musician, I would obviously put music ahead of that, but certainly it's much better <laughs> art than anything Marvel actually puts out these days. Fair enough. You do play a meme guitar. But my point being, Thank you. and the reason I want to talk about this, is because you can see here, um, Krusty Krabs just has a change of heart. He, um, not only about money, but now about... Um, His allegiance. <laughs> bringing down the crown. His loyalties. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, this is the Foggy Jew by Mr. Krabs. You, you just, I'm sorry, you, you just know that if Mr. Krabs were to actually do something like this, it would be, be purely so that he could get the crown and get the jewels in the crown <laughs> for the money. No, 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 no. Anyway, let's check this out, I suppose. I need a pint. What was that? Is it? it does, it does, honestly. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that's, that's enough Fanian bollocks. SpongeBob me, boy! <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you in the audience who are not too best pleased about the RA, um, uh, I'm with you, which is why, don't worry, we have No Pope of Rome by Squidward, <laughs> a new and upcoming artist as well. <laughs> All right. You ever heard No Pope of Rome? No, I haven't no, actually. No. It's still weird. Oh, give me a home where there's no Pope of Rome, and there's nothing but Protestant states. Tears You need a tissue. And Flint plans walk his feet every day. <laughs> oh, no Pope of Rome. Based. See, that's the thing. It's impressive that they managed to get all of the inflection of the words and all of the notes and everything right. It takes a lot of time. I mess about with recording software sometimes, and it's a pain in the ass. Mm. Like just recording, recording your own voice and making sure it's in time. Like I, I record demos for song ideas that I have, and um, as a guitarist, I have a terrible tendency to rush ahead of a click track. And that's just a pain in the ass in, in and of itself is trying to get everything in time because then you have to program drums if you're doing a demo. And that's just difficult just to do in and of itself. But this this is just another level. 
So I don't have a keyboard because I've just thought of something as well. All right. I don't know if John can use the keyboard from that. Perhaps you can, perhaps you can't. What do we um, want, John? Go on. John. David, David Attenborough, 40K is what I would like to type in because I, I, I'm actually going to share. Yeah, yeah okay. Maybe all right. All right. Here we go. Because I know a lot of chaps love 40K as well. I've been listening to literally every video on this channel over here. Attenborough Wait, so lore. this is just an AI voice of David Attenborough giving 40K law? Yeah, it, it's just him in his voice describing. But someone has clearly taken like the, the I don't know, books or something and just put the text in. But it works as well. Okay. The Geistos Cataclysm was a devastating conflict brought about by a major incursion of demonic forces upon the imperial agri-world of Geistos. Anyway, I've been falling asleep to that every single night for the last two weeks. So <laughs> I've seen this episode like four times. I mean, it sounds peaceful. Yeah. Even well, if it is describing, you know, gigantic cataclysmic wars. But if you like 40K, and I know a lot of the audience do, do go and check yep, that yep. out. Uh, that was actually a really sweet one as well. Because uh, you, you don't know much about 40K law, do you? I've, but, people have at various points tried to explain it to me. And it's be super quick just about this one because about the interest it's about a boy who starts hearing voices which is a symptom of you being infected by chaos on this agri world in the middle of nowhere and of course he doesn't report it because he doesn't want to get taken away by the authorities so one day he ends up exploding and the demons of the warp come through him oh all right and within a month the entire planet is destroyed but go check that out anyway and Callum uses that to fall asleep to. <laughs> but back to the nationalist music stuff, because I happen to notice... Oh, yeah, this had something about nationalism. Something about politics, or I don't know. Where do, do I work? <laughs> but you can see here, that this is the German polling. And the reason I brought up the German polling is because the AFD is now the second biggest party in all of Germany. I've been hearing about this recently. I think they won their first seat in parliament recently, didn't they? They, they won the worst, first uh, district. Ah, the first district, there. yes. So you can see that there. But if we... Go to the polling. You can see, you know, this this blip over here. That's the election. This is this is where they're at now. And um, I am very much hyped for the next election. <laughs> you saw that this happened, and you thought, I want to make a segment out of this, but there's no way I can stretch this to 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you went, What else can I fill this time with? I had to fill out. I had to film outros before I went to lunch. So I was, uh, oh, okay, all right. Anyway, but no, I actually do have a point here, which is not just AFD do a thing, but AFD quite cool as well as being up in polls. Because you may remember um, Pride Month. Oh yes, when every all of the Germans were like, "Yes, I have a flag I'm very proud of." You may have noticed this was them as well. They yeah, enjoy a hell of a me. good meme. Now, Austrian painter, obviously not. <laughs> haven't, haven't you also put the uh, United flag behind your profile on Twitter? Aye, aye. There you go. That's the sort of thing we like to be proud of around these parts. Everyone should join. And just real quickly for people who don't know what the AfD are, you can see here France 24 calling them the far right party. It's an oh, alternative no. for Deutschland, isn't it? But what, what do they do that's far right? They literally <laughs> describe themselves as an anti-immigration party. Oh no, that, that'll be the worst thing. That well, do you know who else was anti-immigration? Not Hitler. Also lots of other people who weren't <laughs> Hitler. No, his main policy was mass migration. He wanted all the Germans to return to Germany. So. That doesn't even matter. Listen, Liebenschraum, maybe its own thing. <laughs> anyway, but point being, um, if anyone from the AFD is listening, or just um, any of you German pride chaps, well, I know you like a good meme. Um, AI music, especially AI nationalist music, is now possible. You don't even have to do a song yourself. You just type it all in, add the instrumental version in the background, and you've got yourself some uh, nationalist music. Now, if you want to be endorsed by Mr. Krabs for the upcoming election, members of the AFD, I'm just saying it's there. And uh, I look forward to a Mr. Krabs Panzerlide as soon as you can make one. <laughs> Otherwise, I had no idea how to connect that to politics. So there we are. <laughs> uh, there we go. I think uh, video comments now. Yeah, well, uh, I think we can hear Tony D now. 
Let's play. Tony D and Wee Scurvy Joan here with another <laughs> tale of pirates in South Jersey. Jacob Fagan and Louis Fenton were land pirates and associates of Bloody John Bacon. They terrorized the Pine Barrens during the Revolutionary War, but when the war was over, they were set to be hung. Lewis Fenton tried to bargain with his life, claiming there was treasure back in their hideouts, but when the guards wouldn't be bribed, he tried to escape, and they shot him dead. You'll have to excuse me. It's quite very, warm. Very interesting. It is quite warm, but Callum's already trying to kill himself through electrocution. By pouring water all over the studio. Oh, uh, yeah. Where there chance. are lots of wires. People, when we put out the notice of what we were doing with the studios, uh, did notice the somewhat poor cable management. Uh, so people are aware of how many wires there are. <laughs> I like to live dangerously. What do I, what I, do think, I... <laughs> I think the cable management is a little bit better now. No, I just, I just need to stop on the desk. Yeah. You're even barefoot. Yeah. Okay. Why aren't you? Why are you? Because it's warm. <laughs> he's got us there. You want to wear warm socks and I waterproof spoke, boots? He's actually got me there, folks. Yeah. Uh, let's go through some of the That's comments. Water for your face? So that... <laughs> uh, no. I mean, you told me. I don't, certainly don't want that water for drinking. You told me yeah. that tastes like chemical burns. Yeah, it does. We got it from the sink in the office. It's, it's By the way, disgusting. There's actually some good tips. I, I was talking to We should get a water distiller. Just for any British people watching, it might be a tad hot. Um, so, an Italian friend let me in on this. Basically, all right, okay. If you get some water, just shove it behind your ears and all over your skin and whatnot. But you can't have it dripping. It needs to be very smooth, just a layer of water when before you go out or yep. because you're sat at home and you're hot. Because, of course, it evaporates, but only if it's thin enough, because if it's dripping, it won't evaporate. It cools me down so much. That's my top trick for... I'll have to give that a try. ...staying cold during this hot spell. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's read some of the comments. Let's, let's do that. Shall we? So, a uh, big thank you to the Blood of the Blood Gods, because he gave us, what, on what appears to be Rumble, $50 saying, here's a little incentive to do a good job. Thank you very much, Blood of the Blood Gods. I th think we did a good job. Joke's on you. Anyway. <laughs> <That's a laughs> Thanks joke. for That's the $50 anyway. Yeah. Do you want to read some of them? Uh, we'll go to Patrick Blanford, who says, I've liberally subscribed so I can get on the Aboriginal issue. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for you, I presume. Um, this is the perfect opportunity for them to create a two-tiered system where the whites will be discriminated against legally. That's always the goal. Yeah. Also, Anthony Albice is an effing art heart. <laughs> <laughs> Another poet, I see. That's <laughs> uh, a friend of Chris. And only doing what he thinks will make him a historic figure like Rudd's uh, and the Apology. Also, the Indians already have a government department for advice. And yeah, they, they don't care. I, this oh, that was some, about... I, like Chris told me a bunch about this. He said that they already have an element in the parliament that they can go to advice for, but this would just give them more power. But once again, it would also mean that you've got more representatives sitting on an advice board for them, which once again just opens up more opportunity to, for, for infighting between all of the different tribes. It's stupid. It's stupid. Anyway, let's move to Wagner. So, uh, Cynthia Poole says that Putin should have just bought in Just Stop Oil for the road blockades. I'm sure that would have worked. I mean, it would have solved our just stop oil problem. They would, they would be paced. Uh, based apes. No says, comment. Well, all hammers. You know about the hammers, don't you? I, did I not tell you about Wagner and the hammers? No, you didn't tell me about Wagner and the hammers. Okay, when Wagner find a traitor, this isn't like a kill list situation, is it? Yeah, it is. They, they when they find a traitor, so a Russian who's on the enemy side, regardless of the battle. This this started when they were fighting ISIS. Oh, and yeah. they found Russians who joined ISIS. Um, get a big old sledgehammer. Ooh, that's Ooh. And, a bit heftier um, than I was expecting. Turns out, skulls, not so uh, resistant to yeah. a sledgehammer. Wait, actually, have you ever seen Kill List? I, th I assume you're referring to the Ukrainian Kill List. Oh, no, I'm talking about a film called Kill List, although it's quite similar. There's a scene in that 
it's you know typical well it's not a typical film but there's a typical plot in it you know hitman takes on one last job so that he can earn some money the money is actually so that his family can buy a new, new jacuzzi but that's neither here nor there um <laughs> He gets given. So he killed a man for a jacuzzi. <laughs> uh, uh, multiple men. Um, he uh, so he gets given this kill list by this mysterious, um, mysterious client he's working for, and uh, all the people he starts to kill like thank him before he kills them. <laughs> and one person in particular, he finds out is dealing in some, shall we say, um, not very nice videos to do with underage people. So he chooses to murder him in a very brutal way, and uh, he gets him to put, lay his head against the coffee table, and he has a hammer in his hand. And you expect, you know, when the hammer comes down, you expect the shot to just cut away and you just hear it or just to go to a different... No, you just see him just cave the man's skull in. It's pretty brutal. That probably is the only uh, person he's going to kill they can show that, right? Because everyone's ruined for him at that point. Yeah, yeah, at, at that point, yes. Um, it's a good film. I'd recommend it. Have a look. Base Tape says, if we're doing a Breaking Bad comparison, Putin is definitely Gustavo Fring. Uh, America is Hank. <laughs> Schrader the and the EU, EU is Skylar White. <laughs> Britain is Saul Goodman and Zelensky is Tuco Salamanca. I don't see how Britain's Saul. Um, because we're still buying Russian oil. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're complying with the sanctions. Hey, anyway, yeah. India, I, I know how you produce so much oil. That's why we're buying off you. Wink, wink. You're yeah, buying nudge, nudge. So it's the EU over there, Skylar White being like, no. <laughs> Stop killing people. Stop Walter. selling weed to my husband. <laughs> Omar Awad says, I think the current running conspiracy theory is that the Pentagon found several billion dollars for Ukraine after an accounting area immediately after the Russian coup. Started. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I did hear this one. I don't think that's all BS. So I, I'm not putting any stock in it. But that's that's just my opinion. Who knows? I mean, that's that's the thing about the wild, wild East. I guess we're just going to have to do that thing we did earlier on and just go, mm -hmm. roll, Reggie. <laughs> Zoink, Zoink, this isn't a trading exercise <laughs> Phil Rigby says it's clear that Prigozhin just scammed the Pentagon I, again I don't, I don't believe it but I, I, I may very well be wrong that's the there thing there is a Metal Gear Solid reference here he played the West like a fiddle uh, played us like a damn fiddle X, Y, and Z says, not seen that, have you? And here the best argument was uh, everyone is on the accounting error, apparently. <laughs> Lord Nervar says, the whole Wagner thing is just mafia politics on an international scale, two mob bosses sorting out their issues anyway. Now, how? And nothing burger for everyone else. Yeah, I do love if you're an average Russian, you just out there like, trust the plan, bro. I don't know. Let's <laughs> continue sweeping. Yeah. I do what, find it weird as well. What are you doing? The sweeping is part of the plan. Just trust the plan. <laughs> 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 You're laying out your coup plan in that light, and then the street sweepers will come in. <laughs> and then we'll catch them on TikTok. Well, you, you, street, uh, you sweep the streets clean of dirt. It's metaphorical, symbolic, see? Yeah. The French LARP says Putin comes out stronger from the event. His army remained loyal. His allies immediately sent words of support. The incident ended with very little bloodshed, and on top of that, historically, survivors of a coup attempts tend to come out stronger. Chavez in Venezuela, Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, Juan Carlos in Spain and de Gaulle in Algeria to know a few. That's an interesting view. I did find some strange aspects to it. I mean, like the president of Kazakhstan was asked to help and he just responded by saying, it's an internal matter. I don't care. He just responded by saying, it's very nice. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so a lot of people were taking that as, oh no, Putin's allies are abandoning him. But at the same time, I, what was he going to do in Kazakhstan? So yeah. I don't know. Sophie Lev says, gotta love the West. Russia is failing any day, guys. They are running out of soldiers, and then nothing happens all over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah, I did notice that. The counteroffensive. 
that everyone should keep quiet about. Ukrainian counteroffensive with cunning boys. They're going to kick them out this summer. Oh, it's going to be any day now. So yeah, maybe, but not today. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. And somehow nobody realizes that Russia is in a proxy war with NATO, she says, and we're in a war with a NATO vassal state, which means any information ever given to us will be anti-Russian, pro-NATO propaganda, so we can't trust anything being told. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is something I've, I've struggled with um, trying to get some normies to understand, which is like, look, yeah, in Russia, you, you don't have the broad range of access to information that you might have in the West, but you're not really getting that either, because even though you can go on the internet and find this stuff, most people don't. The funny thing is these people, the, the normies will understand that propaganda has always been a part of wars, every war ever, especially since the beginning of the 20th but century. This but this one's different, guys. <laughs> this time they're telling us the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm not on that train, but sure. Uh, Theodore says, the Wagner-Russian MOD situation reminds me of the 20th century Japanese army and navy in service to the same country, but in constant internal conflict for resources and political favor. Or perhaps even feudal politics. There are numerous examples of internal conflicts between different factions of nobility and nobles marching on the capital to force the ruler to dismiss an advisor or an ally of a competing faction. Again, perhaps. Could be. Very, very much perhaps. Yeah. I, I suppose we'll see what happens to Shogu because Shogu was out yesterday inspecting troops, which was the first time anyone had seen him for a while. So if he stays, that would be quite weird. But if he goes, then that would make sense as to an outcome of this. But... Again, I guess we'll see. Nothing has happened so far. George Hap says, I still think the conflict in Ukraine is one of Orwell's forever wars. It doesn't make sense to be going on so long. Uh, Putin was a WEF member and not deploying full Russian military, but using proxy like Wagner is weird. Uh, I don't really buy any of that. I, I think that the, the conflict is sincere and both sides are trying to do what they can. But I, I just find it... I mean, again, I mean, even after being that, I'm still not heavily invested in that conflict. It's just like, okay, Slavs killing Slavs. But my position is always Britain first, in my mind. Yeah. Not the group, obviously, just foreign policy-wise. So, for example, I love Israel. <laughs> <laughs> just to get it out there before we say anything else. Right, let me clarify that. I love Israel's attitude towards all foreigners, which is, how do I fund both sides? And not in the sense of how do I give them my money and then lose money. It's how do I sell weapons to everyone so I become rich. I have a massive weapons-making industry and well-employed citizens making top-of-the-grade equipment. That's brilliant. That's the best foreign policy. And instead, in the UK, constantly our position is how do I make myself poor, my citizens unemployed, and Pakistani gender studies filled with coffers of gold. That is actually how we operate our foreign policy, and I'm sick of it. Like, at least the Americans have foreign policy goals on a global scale because they've got mass interests all over the world and a huge empire and blah, blah, blah. We have nothing. Like, we, we are next to nothing, and we still piss money off the wall for no good reason, and it pisses me off. Yep. Especially when an opportunity presents itself to make money, and we're like, oh, what if we gave it away all for free? Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Real, real helpful. Anyway, that's, that's, that's where my brain's at. Uh, Angel Brain says, it's Russia in the West. We overthink these things. It'll be exactly what it looks like. A change of terms. It won't be anything more than that. However, it's Russia. For all we know, uh, that's their entry to the Eurovision of 2027. I mean, you did say the Wagner tunes are bangers. Oh, so. they really should sell that, There you go. <laughs> the S show that would cause alone. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Would be funny. But also, um, look, yeah, even if you hate them, you got to admit that, that, that I'll show you after. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Show me slapper. after. Uh, so let's go on to some of the comments for the Aboriginal referendum then. So, so uh, someone online says, so they have blasphemy laws in Australia now. Worse, in fact, because it's completely ad hoc. You're drinking that? 
He's just given up all hope, folks. Um, I get cancer, I will. Oh, well, that's fine. You'll die of something, right? Just just uh, tab water cancer. Nothing good. Yeah, Nothing bad. Yeah, <laughs> the most malign of cancers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, um, these laws are com- these blasphemy laws are completely ad hoc and also can be made up on the spot, and you have no way of questioning them, and it doesn't have to relate to anything that actually exists or have a- has ever existed, and also you go to prison for it. So yeah, pretty bad. Anonymi says, First Nation, what nation did they have? Also another US export. Well, yeah, that's a question. Whenever you're talking about these places like they are nations. Um, before the Europeans got there. No, they weren't. They It was a bit of land that had series of warring factional tribes on it who were warring over different parts of territory. There was no nation called Australia. There was an island called Australia, and then we unified it into an actual country. That's what we did. So <laughs> I guess they get some territory, but we won. Sorry. We met in the field, and you guys lost catastrophically but then technically also for going by that logic, <laughs> Australia belongs to the emus. So Yeah, we did lose. So. They, they lost catastrophically time and time again. I don't know how you lose to emus, but then again, I'm not Australian, so I've never seen one in they real life. They did actually win in the end. Did everyone, they? Did everyone. they? Well, the, do you know the whole story of the emu war or not? I'm aware that they started a war against them. I know that they put up a gigantic fence that the emus just broke through. Yeah, it didn't really work. But the first thing, they sent out the, uh, basically a group of the army with a machine gun to go and shoot them and it just didn't work because they're retarded you, you, wait you can't just shoot emus well you can but they're really tough and also they shot oh, okay. a truck to have a, like an LMG in like 1920 oh. so of course the accuracy is terrible the range is awful you're not yeah. hitting anything because they're just running everywhere so what the Australian government ended up doing is just putting a bounty on emus so then <laughs> so, so then the hunters just deal with yeah, it yeah bounty hunters don't oh okay alright so. yeah I, I suppose that always works. Give, they, <laughs> they got they, they got their own PMC involved. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wagner got involved. <laughs> See, if Wagner was in Australia, they'd have no emu problem. So the solution, as always, is just give people a profit incentive. And then you sort this out. You a profit share? Job done. There you go. The letter M is for misspelling. I like that you change it up every day. Thank you. It's incredible that I'm learning more about this silly referendum and what's happening from two English lads over in England than I have over the entire past few years over in Australia. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work, mate. Well, thank you very much for that because it wasn't something that I was too aware of before people that I know started to make me aware of it. So I've got to say thank you uh, to them and that includes Mr. Bogan and Chris Gard as well. Um, Thank you both for making me aware of all of this because it is very interesting and it's very important as well because I'm glad I can get the word out to people like you. Maybe now you can know what's going on in the referendum. You can vote no against it. Maybe that can make a bit of a difference. Ignacio Junqueira says, I'm sorry, not but you are an Aboriginal that has contributed nothing to your ancestral land has been piggybacking off of the real caretakers of the land you deserve no consideration. And I'm pretty sure that's referring to the Aboriginal Australians, not to us two, because otherwise I would be quite upset and offended right now. Would you? Why would we have any consideration in the runnings of Australia? It's up to them. Yeah, no, no, no I'm joking. <laughs> no, I think... Anyway, uh, California refugee. So essentially, this man is being put in jail and fined for blasphemy. I think that is grounds for him to apply for a refugee status for re- uh, religious persecution by his government. This whole Aussie thing is insane. And yet more evidence, as far as I'm concerned, that Australia isn't real. Would something so silly be happening in a real country? I don't think so. Riot Act. This voice has no veto officially, but there's no way any politician would go against what they say. So in actual fact, they do have veto power. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how I'm seeing it as well. John Wade. I wonder precisely whose bottom this proposition has come from. 
Guess we'll find out. Fuzzy Toaster, I declare all fresh water in the British Isles as religiously significant. No, you can't ask how. It's impolite to ask. That's the attitude we should be taking with it. Andrew Narog, calling it now. Australia is a test run for further implementation in other Western countries and their own oppressed minorities. Push it as far as it can go and then universalize it is the likely game plan. I don't. I mean, I don't think they can make the uh, Aboriginal argument in England or anywhere like that unless they want to give power to you or I. Well, actually me. You're Irish. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. You can bugger off back there. Uh, <laughs> Got more money than this place. So. Oh, true. Damn. Um, yeah, they, they might be able You've to... You've been exiled. No, they... no, to the UAE. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, they might be able to pull it off in Canada and Australia, though. Uh, not Australia, but that's why we're talking about. They might be able to pull it off in Canada and the US. Those are the two places that would be most likely to let it happen. Angel Brain, if you have a bastard mind like mine, you'll know that there are hundreds of mobs of aboriginals and the entire precept relies on indigenous or first people basis as defined in the language. Now you're going to have a real hard time getting the mobs to talk to each other because they have their own common language that varies by... So they don't even all speak the same language. Uh, and even the best anthropology gives us the... <laughs> gives us the Hmong people... <laughs> The Hmong people. All right, coming into the area around 50,000 oh, years ago. Go on, give it a look up. Uh, and that's speculative. Let it run its course. This one will be absolutely hilarious. I can only hope. Is it spelled with a H? Hmong? No, Hmong, as in like dung, but with an M. Yeah, I can't find that, but I can, I can find the Hmong. The Hmong. Hmong. Hmong people. Yeah, these are the Hmong people. There we go. Uh, fair play. You know about the Karens? The Ka Is there an actual tribe called the Karens? Yeah. Go on, show me. Uh, it's, it's, I wonder if we can get up. Everyone's John, up. we need your help. We need you to type in um, the Karens ethnic group. The Karens should, ethnic group. It should come up on Wikipedia. They still just come up with white women with that haircut. Yeah, I hoped. So I, the way I found out about this is quite weird. I got an email after Afghanistan. Oh, wait, the Karen people. Yeah, there we are. Heterogeneous lot of ethnic groups that do not share a common language, culture, religion, or mental characteristics. There we are. Oh, okay. That's so not what I was expecting. Karen woman in traditional attire headlined Karen. Is she this big? I, I think they're quite small. I was going to say, because yeah. she looks like she would be tiny. There's they're 9 from... million of them. Yeah, they're long. There's in... 200,000 Karens in the United States. <laughs> in <laughs> Myanmar, which is a country I've never heard of. No, no I, I have heard of it. Just Burma. Burma. Oh, all right. There we are. Yeah, anyway, the Karen language. Karen culture. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many memes that could be made from this. I got, so I got a message from a guy after Afghanistan who was like, oh man, I love your video. You should come and do a video about these people. So I looked at that. They're conducting an insurgency against the government. All right. So I asked him, well, why and how? And he said, well, we can't walk through the, the country of Burma to get to them. So we'd have to go to Thailand and then walk through the forest, which is laid with mines. But if you go on the path that's already known, we won't get blown up. And I was just like, you want me to walk through a minefield to go meet the Karen people? Sounds, sounds all right to me. Imagine the views. What the what views? Who cares about the carrots? <laughs> uh, 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 this guy. <laughs> Imagine the views. I didn't say it'd be many. <laughs> Imagine the one view. Imagine there's no views. <laughs> it's easy, it's easy if, if you, you tried. tried. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to the AI. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to a few We've of these. A minute left. So Jen of Arc says, raise your hand if you hear Callum spit bars. Raise your hand if you want to hear Callum spit bars. Not going to happen. In the chat, everybody, raise your hands. Well, and then put them down. The letter M is for misspelling. Says Harry and Callum are just testing the studio audio from the new studio. Um, yep, pretty much. Yeah, apparently there was there was no time for testing, which didn't make any sense. But California refugee says, as a massive fan of Freddie Mercury singing, I will listen to every AI song he covers now. 
Yeah, I told you, man. It's actually surprisingly good. I'll have to go back and play it just in a minute when we're done. But otherwise, um, we're out of time. So if you, if you want more, um, you know where to go. You're already here. The website. Subscribe. What are you asking me for? Anyway, see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.